Hello, welcome to The Lore You Know, a show where we chat with some amazing human beings who are storytellers, collectors, and folklorists as we discuss the history of, inspiration behind, and the importance of recording and sharing regional tales. Today, I have someone super special to me on with me. Um, I can use her to, <laughs> to take time out of her day and chat with me. This is Lady Anne from the Caravan Library of Lore podcast and KPNL Radio. Aw, <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Yay! I love it. <laughs> I'm super thrilled. And um, you just had a major uh, accomplishment, actually. Did I? <laughs> did. I did. I wrote a book. Awesome. I'm so excited about it. It uh, It's definitely something that I have wanted to do since I was about six years old. And I started it in February of last year. And it was basically just kind of a, I was going to do it for my kids, something that I could leave behind for them. And then something said, you know, hey, you should reach out to the publishing company and just see what they say for fun. And I did, <laughs> and they liked it, and it actually yeah. became a book. <laughs> That's awesome. So the title of your book is, for those people that are listening and not watching oh, yes. this. It is uh, The Aperture in the Veil, um, Born in a Preternatural World, and yeah, available on Amazon. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, <clears throat> so let's talk about, before we get into the storytelling and stuff, some of the stuff that you are doing, some of the things that you've done. We have, we've covered the book that just came out, but right. also I mentioned the Caravan Library of Lore mm-hmm. and KPNL Radio. Can you give our listeners and viewers a rundown of what those two amazing things are? Yeah. So the Caravan is something that, um, gosh, it started back in. 2016 about and it you know it started under a different name and then it developed over into you know the caravan library of lore back in I think it was 2018 uh because we used to do live actually uh it was it started off on Facebook live and then we tried to do YouTube but everybody was like oh man you know we want it as a podcast forum so I was like okay so, you know, we rebranded and we went to the podcast forum and we've had incredible guests. And I had one co-host that, you know, I absolutely loved. You might know her. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 She was amazing. And now now she's interviewing me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was fun. For sure. It was. I loved it. You know, we we had great guests on. We've had um you know, uh, the bell, Witch that we talked about. And I mean, just all kinds of, um, let's see, Sasquatch and haunted, uh, locations. I mean, dolls. Yeah. Dolls. dolls. That's right. <laughs> it was, we have matching was ones. Actually. We do. I actually have mine with me here. We've got little, little Robert here. Mini Robert. But, the uh, doll. He's so handsome. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> but uh, and then my Lily, she's off on the she's still in the library. She actually I don't know if I I'm, I'm sure I told you at one point my because I have the library floating above my couch. The whole thing came down. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> disturbing. I guess she wasn't. Uh, yeah, she wasn't completely happy. So I moved her around and I rebuilt the library, you know, just for her. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so 
then uh, KPNL is my radio station. We have paranormal podcasts on there uh, Monday through Friday. Um, the, it starts at 5 p.m. and then we run Dave Scott Spaced Out Radio from 9 to midnight. Uh, again, Monday through Friday. Saturday and Sunday we have special programming. So we've got uh, Scott Sakura with the beard, the beard caster, <laughs> and uh, we've got old fashioned uh, or old time radio on Sundays. That tends to be my favorite uh, favorite day. And uh, yeah, so oh, and then we also have music on there that even has a paranormal theme to it. So there's songs about demons and ghosts and witches and everything. So it's been incredible, and that's been on air for about two years now. That's awesome. Congratulations, by the way. That's pretty Thank cool. you. <laughs> what was the reason for starting something like KPNL? I came from the caravan. You know, we actually had a page on the caravan that said on air. And I had gotten to know so many amazing people in the community. You know, we had Shannon from Into the Fray, Seth and, and Monsteropolis, you know, and mm -hmm all this stuff. And I just wanted that if anybody was to find my podcast and listen to me, I wanted to send them over to them too. Cause I'm like, man, you know, everybody is, we're a community, we're a family and what we're doing raises a lot of awareness. And it also, it's very healing because it lets people know that, Hey, you're not alone. So, um, it slowly grew from a page that was just like a weekly schedule into an entire network. You know, so really it's just to elevate the people in the community and bring everybody together. That's awesome. And your website, I know, has multiple uh, multiple pieces to it. It's not just the, the shows <laughs> that you talk about. There's other aspects of the community that you highlight on your web page. Yeah, yeah. On the KPNL website. Oh, boy, it could. <laughs> I've <laughs> joked about it being an emporium because uh, you have you know, you've got the main page and then you have, um, uh, the show page. So it shows all the shows that we have. It has a weekly schedule and then we have the musicians. So a page that has all the musicians and you can click and get to their websites. And then you have, um, gosh, you've got, it's called the study, but it's the library. So yeah. if you're listening to a show and you hear about a book and you're like, Oh man, I really want to check that book out. You can just open up the study and find it, purchase it there. Um, and then we have a shop page. And so the shop page has stuff on it that, uh, you know, cryptid uh, stuffed animals and magazines and all that kind of thing. And um, gosh, it's, there's a lot to it. <laughs> yeah. And the mascot for KPNL is an interesting oh, yes. character as well. And he has a name. <laughs> Can you tell us about Grimshaw? Yes, Grimshaw. He, you know, it took me a long time. Um, I, I had KPNL and I knew that there was like um an entity or something that went along with it. There was there was something there. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I meditated on it and I waited. And at first, actually, I saw um the Baron. He came to me a lot. Uh, and then it kind of transformed into this man in a suit. And but it was it was that head, you know, with the antlers. So kind of I guess people have said Wendigo-ish. Mm -hmm. And he just kind of so he's like this 
vampire windigo gentleman. Yeah. <laughs> very, very smooth. And he even has a voice. He's spoken. He, he does. <laughs> Which I love and appreciate the fact that you helped me find his voice. I mean, it's been bringing him to life like that was incredible. Um, I've often thought about, you know, tulpas and egregores and what would happen if if he was to become bigger a, a bigger entity within kpnl and the fans and and everything what would happen with that um but yeah i've had him uh read poems and advertisements on air <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun <laughs> yeah that's awesome um so with the Caravan of Lore, the first thing that drew me into that podcast when I started listening was the intro, the <laughs> detail that you put in the sound and everything. I mean, it really puts you in a place. And mm. I'm curious as to what your inspiration was behind creating something that was so vivid in the mind's eye whenever you just sit down to listen. Like you're already there. You're following the caravan what is that inspiration oh boy so okay let's see <laughs> where do i start um you know at first when i was thinking about the intro and i was thinking about the feel of the caravan itself you know i could see i could see the vardo and then i could see a fire and one of my favorite movies what is the wolfman with uh, Anthony Hopkins in it. Well, there is a scene in the movie where he is going to try to find Maleva, the gypsy woman, to find out, you know, about these werewolves and stuff. Well, he's he's journeying through the woods down this path in the middle of it, and he comes to her, and there's a scene off in the distance where there's like this this ridge and you see these trees and then you can barely see the werewolf you know go within the trees yeah. so basically i was retelling this scene in my own way for the caravan you know for if, if what would it be like if you were to try to find me out in the woods in the caravan you know right. so i really wanted to have because that was the other thing too is i always like the intros for everybody else's shows the music the way that it just you know it drops that first note and you're like yeah oh my gosh here we go you know right and i wanted mine to be like a journey i wanted i wanted you to hear the horses i wanted you to feel the movement and i wanted you to feel in your mind kind of like a like a guided meditation as well to you know find your way into the caravan <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, because you say, don't mind the spooks and monsters. Right? They stay <laughs> hidden amongst the trees. That's right. That's exactly the line. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so you mentioned the Wolfman. And mm -hmm. now since, since cryptids is kind of what I think about all the time now, it seems <laughs> natural to ask, mm -hmm. is Wolfman like, in your top of the cryptids that have been on your radar as far as oh. anything that catches your interest or is that just kind of, I mean, the movie's cool, but that's not really my cryptid. Well, okay. 
so cryptids goodness me <laughs> um i would say so yes i've i've always loved uh werewolves it goes hand in hand with vampires my sister and i used to always joke about that you know i was the vampire one and she was the werewolf one and then of course you know when i've had guests on i've always said okay if you could be either one like you have to choose the choices in front of you which one would you choose most people would always choose a vampire which is understandable because when you do transform into the werewolf it's that crippling pain that you know that transformation and so but there have been people that have chosen that um so that part is fun about the werewolf or dogman or whatever you know uh yeah. but no i wouldn't say that that's my cryptid um the cryptid goes way back to when I was in, uh, I think I think it was fifth grade, maybe sixth grade. Mm -hmm. And I found myself in the school library. And I actually talk about this in the book. And so I'm in the library and I'm in this one section and I see this book and it's all about this kind of stuff like cryptids and, and, uh, gosh, the, the black shuck or the, um, the lady in white or the the vanishing hitchhiker all these stories yeah. well you know one of the stories was about the goat man of lover's lane <laughs> <laughs> and i yeah. loved it oh my gosh like this and i haven't heard the story really since i've tried to look for it and it, i mean maybe i haven't looked hard enough but um you know it's this young couple they go down this long gravel road and you know they're there spending time together and they hear just a a rock being thrown at their car it's it's not a big rock at this point just you know kind of you know and then there's another one and then there's a bigger one well when they look off into the distance because there's some a bit of field before the trees they can see something really large and then all of a sudden it just begins to run full bore at their car and they see him as the upper half is of a man and the lower half is of a goat so of course you know they're trying to get out of there <laughs> as fast as they can and and they finally they got out just in time you know and that always always fascinated me so that I think would have to be my cryptid. <laughs> so would you go looking for one of those things? Yes. You would really? I would. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have to, I gotta be honest, man. I mean, after an experience that I had, uh, <laughs> in, uh, Ohio, <laughs> uh, with Sasquatch and not being eaten, uh, yeah. I just, you know go all right well let's let's go <laughs> let's roll the dice yeah exactly <laughs> Bigfoot didn't take me you got nothing goat man that's right <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh man well i mean you brought it up here about being in ohio and um since then that was actually the the impetus for the creation of like the the things that we had experienced was the kickstarting mm -hmm. of um, the Bigfoot project. Mm. Like those were the first things that happened that when I came <laughs> into work, I was like, right. Seth, this just occurred. <laughs> and he was like, I will be down. Um, right. <clears throat> and then uh, Bigfoot project. So uh, awesome. from your point of view, can mm -hmm. you go through what you have experienced 
in Minerva, Ohio, home of the Minerva monster. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, uh, interesting every time that I, I will say this, every time that I've been to Ohio, uh, there's been stuff happen that has, <laughs> uh, definitely moved me in, in ways that, uh, nothing else really has. And so, uh, you know, when I, when I was there, this was the first night or no, this was, this had to have been the second night. I was there for three nights, right? I think I can't remember. Yeah, it was probably, it was three. It wouldn't have been the first night though. No, no. The first night there was, we were doing some uh, ghost hunting and, and using yeah. the, the spirit box and stuff. Well, um, so it was night two that I had been outside at night and I saw a mist in the field and it was a white mist. And I thought it was really peculiar. And I just kind of was like, you know, you take note of it. And then you just try to move on kind of a deal, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I was, it, I had this feeling of, of being watched though. Mm -hmm. it, and it never, it never fully went away. And that night was definitely, it was just peculiar. I had no idea what was in store the next night. <laughs> yeah. And so on the next night, trying to go out in the woods to conduct a you know ghost investigation just seemed like a i don't know why it was i thought it was a smart thing to do i you know that was that was the only thing that was on my mind and energetically speaking i really felt like that was all that i was there to experience yeah so same yeah same <laughs> and that's the Rougarou Woods for people that are watching and are familiar with the Bigfoot Project. It's what we call the Rougarou Woods is what uh, Lady Anne's talking about. Yeah. And I remember we got in there and you asked me, you're like, how you feeling, Lady Anne? And I was like, oh, just fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And to be honest, at that at that time, everything did felt fine but or feel fine. But the issue was that I didn't pay attention to the sound. Because here in Oregon, the woods at night, it's really quiet. You know, you can be out in the woods and it's just silent. But, oh, my gosh, over there, it's an orchestra. Mm -hmm. Well, it was silent when we were in those woods. And it, it never dawned on me that that could have been an indication of anything <laughs> at all. Right. Yeah, me either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we get in there and we set everything up. And... Um, I was just standing there and I felt a little uneasy, but nothing, you know, I was thinking, oh, okay, well, I didn't grow up in these woods and this is different for me. And I mean, whenever you're, the intention is to contact something spooky, of course, there's that air of, of spookiness. So I was like, okay, whatever. Well, then, you know, so we had the blanket down and, and you guys were sitting down. I think I was sitting down at that point too. And I had heard something behind me on my right side. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, and I just swear it sounded bipedal, but then I'm thinking, well, it could be like in my head, I'm going, okay, there's birds. I mean, it could be a rabbit. I don't really know, you know? And so I just ignored it. Well, then, um, I did hear a very, it was a, it was a low 
growl that seemed like it, it almost made me sick. But you, none of you reacted at all. Right. I didn't hear you, it. Yeah. Right. And that made me feel like, okay, I'm, uh, I'm being a wiener here. <laughs> and, <laughs> <laughs> and so then I decided, well, I'm just going to stand up because I keep hearing things behind me. So I'm going to stand up and I'm going to get a flashlight and I'm going to look around. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was when I, um, I thought that I saw standing against a tree, I could see a silhouette and I just stood there and I'm like, okay, this isn't what we're out here for. This isn't what crossed my mind. Maybe I'm a lot more scared than I think that I am. And I just tried to, you know, play it off like it was nothing. Well, that's when I ended up, uh, you know, I took the flashlight and I was looking at different areas. But as soon as I did that, that's when we heard the really loud open handed smack on the side of the gator. Mm -hmm. And that made me jump and I was frozen for sure. Uh, yes. Then when I think, you know, finally I was asked, OK, are you OK? Are you really OK? And I was like, no, no, we've got yeah. to go out to the field. Yeah. And you know, you guys were like, okay, so we packed up everything and, and we went out to the field. And I remember saying, as soon as we got out there, I was like, yeah, yeah, this feels fine. This feels a lot better. I'm happy. Yeah. And then somebody that I know here with us today <laughs> <laughs> decided to play the 1994 Ohio Howell recording on YouTube on her phone. Yeah. I mean... Well. <laughs> It just didn't seem like a ghost investigation anymore when we got to an open right. field. Like this, we're in Minerva. Let's see what happens. Oh, and it did. It answered right back. It really did. And I was, I, in that moment that I stood there and I heard it coming back around us, I, it was, it was really difficult because it was undeniable. I wasn't the only one hearing it. So were you. Yeah. And yeah. Th so then uh, huh, when I heard it, I mean, it to me, it sounded like it ripped a tree out of the ground and smashed it against another tree. Hmm. And that was terrifying. And at that hmm. point, that's when I was like, I'm done. I want to <laughs> leave. We, we need to leave now. And for me, that was proof enough. I sat there and I was like, okay, monsters are real. <laughs> I'm good. I don't need to search anymore because I just had, <laughs> I just had my proof. And done. so, yeah, done. We did it. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was, um, you know, and then from that point on that I've had dreams, you know, we've had conversations yeah. and, uh, I definitely believe, I know I'm not even gonna, it's not even believe it's no, I know for a fact that there is, they're out there. There's something in those woods for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was <clears throat> when we came back after that had occurred. And I remember us sitting in the, in the kitchen Yeah, and you were like, cause I'm like, we got to go back. I didn't have a speaker. <laughs> right. Like we could amplify the sound. 
And you're like, oh, man, go on. I'm done. Yep. I'm staying here. <laughs> yep. That's right. And you're like, that, I had I had what I needed. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, you couple that with what we had, ex- what I had experienced the night before feeling of being watched. And then you had told me as well that there has been seeing a mist can also yeah. coincide with uh, Sasquatch. And I, right. I didn't know that. So I was just like, okay, I have, I have it all. I've experienced it. There's been all these different little things. So here we go. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. That's right. (laughs) Exactly. So, you know, and then, um, afterwards when we had gotten back, Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those deals where I thought, okay, there are two different camps to this whole Sasquatch thing. The camp that is like, okay, it's a physical thing, like a great panda, nothing more. And then the other side that's like, no, man, they, they fly in on spaceships and they, you know, they have yeah. portals and all this stuff. I was like, okay, well, um, let's try to use the spirit box to communicate with it because why not? I mean, really? Yeah. I mean, why not? It's not going to hurt anything. Exactly. And I feel that the results of our investigation that night were pertinent. I feel that it was because not only were we receiving communication from the spirit box, we were also seeing things, you know, and like up on uh, this ridge where there was, there's like the moonlight or whatever light and the tree branch, you could see it like the silhouette, the same silhouette that I saw when we were in the woods and you saw it and it was kind of like rocking back and forth a little bit. Yeah. And I wasn't the only one that saw it. So it was again, more, more proof, but there again, it raises a new question to me because I don't feel, I don't feel that we were just dealing with Sasquatch around there. I feel that there could be, you know, the question is, if there are two camps, maybe there is the flesh and blood Sasquatch that is just the regular. But what if there is a shape-shifting type of entity that could take the form of Sasquatch? Because then it would, you know, it would throw people off their track, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, where you're describing the the silhouette is where the uh, rocks are or were. Oh, okay. Just for the record. Um, (laughs) So prior to to all of this, though, you were, and you you said when you were in elementary school, you found these books and they they caught your interest. Mm -hmm. The idea of experiencing these things and then recording them. Was there someone in your life who kind of recorded stories and told them to you so that you had that, like an actual physical representation of a storyteller and recorder? Or did you kind of pick that up along the way from multiple sources? You know, um, I it's kind of a mixture. My grandfather, actually, when I was really little, I was super into Harry Houdini, you know, yeah. and yeah, his his actual name um, 
there has been talk that he's possibly part of in our ancestry one of our ancestors so of course i was really interested in him and the spiritualism movement and and ghosts you know so my grandfather actually had a a recorder and you know one of the old-fashioned tape recorders and he gave it to me because i was wanting to record the house sounds when we were gone to see if i could hear anything when i played it back and you know i wanted to write it down because i always had so much going on that i would forget so that's kind of where that came from and then later on um it just kind of it just kind of developed and and came to be did you catch anything on those recordings of the house? <laughs> uh, I I heard footsteps and I also heard kind of like, um, like if you were to open and close a, a cupboard, to me, it wasn't really much, mm-hmm. you know. Had stuff been going on that, that caused you to, to say, I, I've got to record this, I want to check this out? Or were you just curious in general? Uh, I had actually had experiences in that house growing up since my earliest memories. I remember being in my crib and my bedroom was kind of angled. And so I could see part of my dad's door and then the hallway. And I remember seeing a hand, like a shadow hand wrapped around that corner, but nothing ever entered my room, but I could see these shadow uh, figures I also heard footsteps coming up the stairs, and then I did hear my name very clearly whispered in my ear. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I had experienced all kinds of uh, phenomena in that house, you know, along with um, weird stuff over the sky space with a lot of UFO sightings and um, a hand in my window uh, where you would have needed a ladder to get up to my bedroom window so lots of stuff when you would tell your family about some of these experiences which i'm sure that you did relay some of the things that you saw right how did they receive it did they kind of acknowledge it like oh yeah definitely that's what (laughs) we see it too or did they kind of dismiss it did they have an explanation anything like that my dad would laugh my dad would laugh and dismiss it my grandfather wouldn't say a whole lot um, my grandpa believed in in this stuff. It seemed at the time when I was much younger, he believed in it a lot more than my father. My father seemed to develop more of a belief in it and a practice in it by the time I was 15, because then we had started going to healing group. And then at healing group is where I learned how to, you know, do Reiki and I learned how to do the channeling, learned how to read tarot cards. So um, it was kind of it, it was kind of a hit or miss situation. So can you explain uh, the healing group aspect of things? Like what all, you don't have to go into great detail or anything, but like a preliminary explanation of what that encompassed. It was just a bunch of people that had all kinds of different backgrounds. You know, you had uh, somebody that was specialized in cranial sacral um, healing and and work. And then you had uh, the Reiki masters, you had massage therapists, you had um, psychologists, and all these people uh, were like us, where we all have kind of a general interest in spirits and energy and, and metaphysics. Well, we'd get together and 
we practiced Reiki. So one person would get on the table and we'd all run energy on that person. And there was a timer. So then, you know, we'd switch. And then if you weren't really wanting to receive a healing or participate in that, you could go off to the other side of the room. And that's what I really like to do because we were able to have a lot of amazing conversations and I learned a lot while I was there. So that's, I mean, that really set the tone for me in my investigations and my research and, and wanting to, you know, continue on this path. Yeah. And you were 15. Is that what you said? About mm-hmm. 15? Yep. Started when I was 15. So when it comes to investigating places, mm-hmm. how old were you when you went on your first investigation of a location? Um, Okay. Is that a tricky question? It might be like, <laughs> it's not just a, when I took you right. to Fairfield kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, when I was, let's see, I want to say I was 18 at the time. Uh-huh. That's when I was, uh, my spiritual teacher took me to a house that we were going to cleanse okay. uh, because there was a lot of negative energy there. Um, so that was more going in and reading the house and reading the situation and then telling the owner what you're feeling. And then the owner confirmed a lot of it as well, because you walk in not knowing anything, you, you let it, you know, just come to you. Well, um, I, I did that twice. Uh, cause the next time was when I went to a friend's house and she was experiencing the entity known as Hatman. We didn't know about Hatman at the time because you're we only 19, 20 years old, and of course wasn't a part of this community at all, not yet right. at least. And so, um, and it was really interesting because I went in there, and I did everything that I was taught with the house cleaning. I had my my singing bowl, and I did the chanting and the prayers and the you know all this stuff, and I could feel a presence in there, and I could see what he looked like. And I could see the shadow figure with, you know, that, that hat. And it, what I thought was so interesting was that he just kind of, when he left, it was kind of this, well, I'm leaving on my own accord. You can't get rid of me, but you know, I'm out. And she never had any problems in her house since then. But the other thing that I felt too, was that he was kind of, you know, could be more of a the head, whereas there's other shadow entities that he may be able to kind of control. And I didn't realize that anybody else thought that or looked into that um, until uh, it was last year when I was looking into more of that. So, I, mean, I mean, I'm 35 now, so, uh, you know, so there's that. And then, um, I guess the first very formal uh, investigation <laughs> was with you at Fairfield. Yeah. At Fairfield. <laughs> I don't know how formal it was, but I know. <laughs> I mean, you went off on your own, is what happened. Uh, yes. <laughs> can you can you go into a little bit of a story about how you just mm. uh, ran away in a yeah. location, <laughs> even though you've been warned not to do so? Well, of of course, <laughs> I uh, so <clears throat> I have I have a bad habit of when I energetically feel something and I feel called to do something or go somewhere, 
I kind of just click out and I do that. I actually did that while driving once. I ended up, I was driving and I, all of a sudden I was at my uh, spiritual teacher's house Mm -hmm. and I'm just sitting there and I'm looking at the house and I get out of the car and I knock on the door and I'm like, uh, and she was like, I knew you were coming. And I'm like, I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) And so it, and it was really interesting. So a little bit of that happened. Um, I was very timid in the beginning because I didn't know the rules. I just wanted to be respectful and I didn't want to, you know, so, but everybody was getting their stuff in and they were talking and I wasn't sure what everybody was doing or anything. So I kind of like, I, I walked over and I was at the doorway into this place and somebody was standing there and I said, um, can I, can I just go and walk around a little bit? And they're like, yeah, no, sure. Go ahead. Like it was nothing. So that was the green light. And I'm going, Uh, all right, here we go. uh Here we go. And so, (laughs) so I just kind of, I kind of walked where I felt pulled to go. But the other part of me was looking for um, this, the drawing that I had made. So I had arrived at your house. (laughs) I had arrived at your house and we went in the kitchen and I sat there at the kitchen table and I just, I just had this image coming to me and I asked you for a paper and a pen. So, and then I was drawing out this, like ha- this handrail and, but I thought it was stairs. I believe that I drew stairs in, in the handrail and I told you the color of it and the direction. And it was so funny to see your face. Cause you're like, oh man, wait, wait till you see. Yeah. And, uh, that actually ended up being something within the building. Uh, and I guess I was kind of, I was wanting to see what I had, I had drawn. So <clears throat> I'm walking off and I end up in the basement, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. several flights down and, and there I am and I'm walking around and I see, I see this cork board and it's got music on it. So I, you know, try to figure out how to hum it. And, you know, I'm thinking, oh, well, music is happy. And way back then, you know, when you look at electricity and entertainment, they probably had like, you know, the gramophones or they sang or whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to hum. And so I start humming, which that, you know, also lifted my energy while I'm walking and I go to turn. And I felt a hand, all the fingers, like just reach up, you know, on on the back of my head through my hair. And boy, that sent me all the way back up to you guys. (laughs) It was uh, terrifying in the moment. You know, it's like getting stuck with a hot poker and you just run. Well, so then I get up there and I told you guys and and you, you know, definitely said I was paler than I... (laughs) you know, yeah, the sheet. Sure. <laughs> and so, but here's the thing. I sat there and I thought to myself, okay, that was super rare, super rare. Like what's the chance of that ever happening again? Really, really being touched and having an encounter Minimal. like that. Yeah, exactly. Like that's just whatever. So I, I left again, but I didn't go in the basement. I stayed to the, the, the floor that we were on and, uh, you know, 
all of that. And nothing, nothing crazy like that did end up happening again. So I was fine. (laughs) (laughs) So I was fine. The moral of the story, you can just Mm -hmm. go off against warnings. You'll be all right. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You just got to make it through the first time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Once you're clear the first time, you're good. Mm -hmm. That's right. (laughs) Um. Mm -hmm. Is there a place that you would like to investigate sometime? Just curious. Mm. Gosh. Um, you know, going to a prison would be interesting. Um, but I think that going to... I, I want to go somewhere historical, somewhere like, uh, like imagine going to Gettysburg or, um, so just something of, of historical, you know, um, I can't think of anything right off the top of my head, but you know, when I went to Arkansas, I, I visited the state Capitol building. And this woman, it was so interesting because she, it was just, it was just me. And she was the only one that was there at the information. And she's like, oh, let me take you around the, you know, I'll show you. Cause I told her I was from Oregon and I was leaving uh, the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, we get into the elevator and I was like, I'm sorry. Um, I know this might be a, a strange question, but uh, did somebody die in one of these elevators? And she goes, she looks at me and she goes, well, actually somebody was stabbed. And I was like, oh, okay. And then from there, we had the whole discussion about psychics and and intuition and all this kind of stuff. And she takes me into this room and she goes, come in here, touch this table, you know, touch this and everything. <laughs> and uh, I didn't realize that, you know, the act of um, touching something and being able to get a read on it was, I think it's called psych- psychometry, I believe. Um, so... I did this and I was filled with so much emotion and I, and I was crying and I said, I'm, I'm sorry, what significance does this have? Well, um, we found, I found out that especially when you looked outside of this room, there's a statue of the little rock nine and they had been in that room after everything that had happened. Um, they were the, the kids that they tried to integrate into the, into the school, um, back then. And, uh, it was, it was so emotional, but to be able to, to see it and to kind of relive it and be a part of it, it would be interesting to be able to go to historical places and just experience those things, even though, you know, it can be very, uh, hard and emotional. It's also fascinating to get to, to view history in a different way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So at the end of every episode, I usually ask my uh, guests to tell me a story. I want to set you up very specifically. Oh. Still broad, but but kind of specific here. <laughs> okay. Because I know you well enough to do this. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. So your actual ancestral roots, mm-hmm. there are, are ties to Appalachia. Yes. With Appalachia, not only comes what we know in the U.S. right now, but also that comes the Welsh and the Irish and the Scotch and the English. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a story 
that is from your Appalachian roots that you maybe had heard when you were younger or you've discovered since then that has stuck with you. And it can be like U.S. Today or any of the ancestors that came into Appalachia. But tell me an Appalachian story. You know, I wish I could. Uh, it's <gasps> <laughs> seriously, I you can. I I can. Yeah. Yes, you could think of like uh, banshees or anything like that. All of that is in what's that? What's the banshee? There's a word that you've used for me or to me, not for me. Um, wow. There was, let's see. <laughs> and she screams. She's like a banshee. She precedes death, like Harold's death and things like that. Mm. It's a really no, good you, word. You know, right. you've, you've got me uh, stumped because, it, you know, it's one of those things where I have, I've known that I have the Appalachian ancestry, but that yeah. all comes from my mom's side. And I'm mm -hmm. actually uh, the first woman in many generations to keep my children. All the maternal uh, ancestors before me gave up their children between one and three years old. I went with my father when I was a year old. And yeah. so there's been that broken line. So I've spent much of my time just trying to learn and, and connect with who I am, but what I've done though, is I've skipped when they've been here in America and I've went back mm. to Ireland and stuff. And, and it, one thing that was interesting, and I can't remember the goddess's name, but there is, um, a, a last name within one of the clans that I descend from who is said to be directly descended from the, uh, forest goddess that they have over there, which I mm. thought was really interesting to, to find out. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm going to Ireland here in July, which I'm yeah. super excited for. So I'm going to definitely learn more there. Uh, but mm -hmm. as for Appalachian specifically, you know, it, it was amazing to meet you and to meet Steve yeah. Stockton because you guys oh, have yeah, those Steve. ties. And yeah. uh, to be honest, I've, I've bought some of the books that you've suggested. I have not gotten to read them yet. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that quandary. I do that too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're supposed to be the one that teaches me. Oh yeah. See? Definitely. I mean, That's... we're like, we became instant sisters. <laughs> mm -hmm. So That's probably what it was. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So if we throw Appalach out of it altogether, mm -hmm. tell me one of your favorite stories in general whether it's a, it doesn't have to be a cryptid but it could be like a witch or a ghost or mm. or something like that 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 sticks with you i have to go back to the vanishing hitchhiker you okay. had recorded uh i think you wrote it out and then you recorded it and then I put all the sound effects and everything with it. And I'm telling you that has to be one of my favorite stories is, you know, and it's, it's heartbreaking too to have, you know, you're driving down the road. I've thought about it a million times when you're driving down the road. And if you saw a girl or anybody in outdated clothing and you were to pick them up, like how, for me, I sit there and go, oh man, I know it's not right to pick anybody up. 
but yeah. I'd want to to see yeah. oh my gosh could this be a vanishing hitchhiker <laughs> and to see where where would they take you did they really vanish um yeah I mean that that one I think has always gotten me and then over here in Oregon we have one called <laughs> the bandage man <laughs> so when you're driving down highway 101 this is the beach highway yeah. They say that at night when you're driving that you can, well, there's two places that you'll see this man and he's just, he's wrapped in bandages, like bloody bandages. They say that he, you know, had gotten in a really bad wreck on that highway, went to the hospital, but he died anyways. Well, you can either see him when you're driving down the road or he will just appear in the backseat of your car and oh. there. Yeah. And there has been wrecks that have happened um, that have actually been blamed on the bandage man. That's horrible. I've never yeah. heard of this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Look it up. Yeah. I, well, I'm going to now. When you first started, I was thinking, is it like a mummy look? But you mean like right. actual accident. The dude is wrapped in bandages. That sounds right. That sounds horrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm writing it down now. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'm really excited that you took time out of your day to talk to me. Oh, and, I miss uh, getting to be on with you. I love this. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? So far, no issues. I know. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So we must be staying off the topics that we <laughs> should right, be shouldn't be. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> so, um, we talked about stuff in the beginning, but as a reminder, can you tell our listeners where they can find you and keep up with everything that Lady Anne is doing? Yeah, so uh, you can find my book, Aperture in the Veil, Born into a Preternatural World on Amazon. You have The Caravan, which you can just type in The Caravan uh, of Lore or Caravan Library of Lore. That'll bring it up on Facebook, Twitter, um, YouTube, uh, and Google. It'll bring up the main uh, website, uh, let's see, and Instagram. Same with KPNL Radio. Uh, it's, you know, on Twitter and Instagram and, and all of that. And then if you want to message me directly, I am on Facebook under Anne Celine, but an email would probably be best. Uh, do, let's see, let's do the caravan of lore at gmail.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much again for. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I love um, it. Yay. <laughs> so. If you could like, subscribe, become a channel member so that you can get access to this stuff early um, and then get access to special stuff like Squadcast, which you wouldn't get on the regular YouTube channel. Um, and you get Beyond the Trail early, ad-free, 4K, all worth your time. Um, yeah, if you could email me too, drop me a line, heather at smalltownmonsters.com. Leave a comment below. And other than that, until next time.